What's it all about? 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 It's the What's It All About show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! How's everyone doing? Welcome to episode 31 of the What's It All About MMA show uh, here on JMA Radio.co.uk. Hope everyone's okay. Hope everyone's keeping alright. Um, yeah. Uh, got a nice day off today, so another day off, another Monday off, so I've been able to record the show during the day. Later tonight, obviously, you guys will be listening to it at 11pm on JMA Radio. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you want to re-listen to the show, you don't you miss an episode, you can re-listen to it on Thursdays at 1pm and 11pm. And also, um, if you do miss a show, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Cast. Go on there, search What's It All About MMA Show. It's there. Um, same with if you don't follow me, uh, go on Instagram. It's uh, I think the tags are What's It All About. And it's on Facebook as well, guys. So, yeah, go check that out. Um, yeah. This week, uh, oh, first of all, shout out to Timmy's Bar and Restaurant. Almost forgot there. If you're in the Carlisle area in uh, the UK, uh, get yourself down to Botchergate. I believe he, they are taking bookings. Go enjoy some fine vegan cuisine from those guys, uh, yeah, shout out to JMA Radio, JMA Occasions, all those people, all the DJs, yeah. It's been a crazy year, obviously, but there's one thing that's kept going is MMA, Major- mainly the UFC, let's be honest, mainly the UFC's kept going, there's a lot of other organisations have put odd shows on, but the UFC has been fucking consistent. Um, this week's event, UFC 256, I'm going to be talking a lot about that this week. It was a fucking unbelievable card, start to finish. I say that a lot about cards because I'm a massive fan of MMA. It, I'm a fanboy, whatever, whatever you want to term it. But I get excited about MMA most weeks. But this card this weekend was fucking non-stop action, non-stop finishes. Some real big thoughts to take away from it as well. But yeah, UFC 256 is going to be, there's going to be a lot of subjects I'm going to talk about to do with that today. Um, three other, t- uh, three other um, conversations I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there. Uh, one is boxing. Um, and basically why it doesn't excite me. Uh, this week, obviously, we had um, uh, Anthony Joshua versus uh, Pulev. I think Pulev, I think his name is. And... Yeah, I'm going to talk a bit about just why I don't get excited for boxing and my problem with the boxing industry, basically. Um, I'm going to talk about who's next for Darren Till. Um, there's been a hint at that this last week that I'm going to talk about. And we're going to talk about next year's uh, end of year card, which is an absolute banger and absolutely stacked with fun fights. So, yeah, um, let's just get into it, man. Um, this weekend we had UFC 256. 
uh, hell of a hell of a card. It was headlined by uh, Devison Figueredo, the flyweight champion. Um, he fought uh, Brandon Marino. That was the headliner, and it co-mained by uh, Tony Ferguson versus uh, Charles Oliveira. Now, um, yeah, I don't even know where to start with this one. It, these were two crazy fights, to say the least. The rest of the card was just some absolute what-the-fuck moments, left, right, and center. Uh, the big one, I don't know. Like, where, I don't even know where to start with this card. I think we're going to start at the top. Um, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Marino. Uh, it was, this was arguably, it, it might actually be fight of the fucking year. Like, I swear to God, I'm so happy to see the flyweight division be rejuvenated this last year or so. Um, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's, I've went back on my word, I'll be honest. Um, I've went very back on my word about this division. I was more than happy to see it. Um, basically go, like I was happy to see them um, basically absorb, absorb it, so to speak, and get rid of it, I was I was more than happy with that, I had no issue whatsoever with them getting rid of this division not long ago, but this year I've seen a handful of, uh, a handful of great fighters come through, a lot of great fighters, and it's good, it's good to see, um, yeah, uh, but we've got like, uh, we've got a new champion who's an absolute killer, we've got a handful of uh, up and coming fighters, which are looking like some serious talent is coming up in this division. But um, I digress. Um, this fight at the weekend was fucking incredible, man. Like, Davison Figueredo is, for a little guy at flyweight, has some serious knockout power. Brandon Marino fucking absorbed that power and came back at him, man. Like, it, it was a draw. Yeah. Things to take away from this, there was there was a handful of uh, dodgy moments. Um, there was a bit of a bad bad eye poke against Marino. There was one of the worst dick kicks I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Davison Figueredo went for a sort of like a front kick to the body. Um, oh, it wasn't pleasant, man. Hit him right, in, hit Marino right in the dick. Not good at all, to say the least. Um, yeah, but Marino, man, like this kid looked fucking unreal. It's a real crazy one, Brandon Marino. He got um he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh wasn't successful on that on that um on that tournament. He then has a few few bad losses in the UFC, he gets cut, goes off and fights for a title in I, I wanna say a legacy, don't hold me to that. Legacy FC. Uh wins a the title there, comes back to the UFC and just goes on an absolute killing spree and looks unbelievable. The thing with Marino is, I always watched him and was always, I always had this thing about him where I was like, there was a great structure, like a great foundation of a fighter there. He had everything in place. He just, it was just a matter of when it was going to come into play. The guy always looked good. Even in his losses, you were always like, there's something there. There's, you know what I mean? There's a level there. He just needs to sort of find it. But man, this guy's boxing has came a long way, his kickboxing looks great, he's got a great ground game, great submissions, decent wrestling pedigree, he's a little beast, and to take on a guy like uh, Davison Figueredo on two weeks notice, and do five rounds with him, and arguably win the fight, is something special to say the least man, like, 
man, this fight was just fucking incredible start to finish. Um, I only just I only just watched it last night. Um, when it got announced to draw, I wasn't really mad. When they were announcing the scorecards and um, one of the judges, as soon as they announced one of the judges had a draw, I was like, this is definitely, this is going for a draw. It's a majority draw without a doubt. Um, Davis and Figueredo had a point taken off him for the for the low blow, which I think has impacted that fight. But even then, though, like, I don't know who took this fight. I really don't. Um, it was incredible. It really was. But the flyweight division, it's just, it's great, man. It's just great to see a division, a division really making, making moves. Uh, like there's so much talent at 125, so much talent now. I mean, obviously you've got um, old school standouts like your Joseph, Joseph Benavidez. He's still knocking about. You got Alex Perez who's just fought Figueroa. Who's a great talent. Um, Askar Askarov, who's an absolute beast. Uh, you got Pantoja, another base. Brandon Royval, who's looking like a real up-and-coming killer. Um, you got Kai Kara France, who's an gr- amazing kickboxer, real good fight fighter. Uh, Matt Schnell. Um, yeah, you've got uh, Tim Elliott, who's bounced between 125 and 135. You've got Tyson Nams knocking about in there as well, who fights at 125 and 135. Man, it's just about time this division... Yeah, got some highlight on it. I think the biggest problem was um, Demetrius Johnson, who was former flyweight champion. He was so dominant and so so far ahead of everyone in that division. He killed the division off. People weren't bothered about watching him fight because he just there wasn't anything about it that made you go, "Wow, like this guy might beat him." It just wasn't every fight um, Johnson went into. You just figured, "Ah, oh, he's going to whitewash another guy." Like, he had a few moments where he was in trouble by certain fighters. I know Tim Elliott gave him a good go. You had the likes of, um, you know, uh, Henry Cejudo. Um, he came in and everyone thought he was going to do it. And then, you know what I mean? He just, the division just got stale and no one really cared. But um, figure it, obviously, Cejudo beat Johnson, took the title. Didn't really do a lot with it. Then dived up to Bantamweight. Um, but yeah, this it just feels like the division's been revived. There's a lot of fresh talent in there, and you know what? What a what an absolute standard to set the bar at this weekend was for the title. It's it's quite a simple it's quite a simple thing really. Um, Devson Figueredo, Brandon Marino, instant rematch for me. It's gotta be. It's just gotta be an instant rematch. No questions asked. I know um, Benavidez is fighting Akarov, so they're. There's your next challenger for the title, but these two just need to get back in there and do it again. Uh, judging by the state of the both of them, I actually don't know when when they'd be able to get that fight together. I actually don't. Both both these guys took a hell of a lot of shots in this fight. Both both came away blatantly with a bit of damage. It's um <clears throat> excuse me. Uh it's yeah, what a fight though, man. Like I just can't. I can't express how how fucking good this fight was, man. It's just five rounds of just two guys going hell for leather with each other. Brandon Marino is tough as a f- oh, he's, he is tough as anything. Like some of the shots he took, some of the the punches he took. He took a head kick at one point, which barely phased him, and still came back. His boxing looked brilliant. He, he looked like he had real some real good speed and 
some real technical combos. He, you could tell he'd been working a lot on his boxing. A lot on his boxing. But it was a great fight, man. Like, I could talk about this fight all day. I really could. But, yeah, definitely a rematch to come. Just throw them two back in at it as soon as they're ready and good to go. And I'll be happy. I, I'd, I'd have no against that. Um, Yeah. Mo moving on to the... Uh, to the lightweight co-main event between Tony Ferguson and Charles Oliveira. This was another crazy, crazy situation. Um, going at this fight, I thought I thought Tony Ferguson was going to come back rejuvenated, revived after his loss to Gaethje. And what I did find out was Charles Oliveira is the fucking truth in this division. I actually said the other day we were... Um, on our uh, jiu-jitsu chat, we've got a group chat for uh, Roger Rollers, and I quoted in there, I said, like, Charles Oliveira is the dark horse of the lightweight division. He's the dark horse of that division, and you know what? He, he's not the dark horse, he's the fucking truth of that division at the minute. Man, it's, what I took from this fight, one, uh, the end of the first round, how Tony Ferguson didn't tap to that armbar, I will never understand. If you've ever been fully armbarred, extended, like a full, full-on armbar put on you, yeah, trust me when I say this, like, you, you do not, your arm doesn't, you don't want your arm bending like that. Um, I definitely think that arm was compromised in the second and third round, without a doubt. Your arm doesn't hyperextend and bend like that without causing an absolute abundance of damage to ligaments, tendons, or, or the bone. It just doesn't, it just doesn't, your body's not designed to bend like that. Um, but yeah, man, what a three-round, a three-round domination of Tony Ferguson by Charles Oliveira. Another big thing I took from this was there are fucking levels to jiu-jitsu in MMA. You have got, Tony Ferguson's a, a, a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, I know he trains under Eddie Bravo at 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, Tenth Planet Jiu-Jitsu is designed for MMA, basically. It's designed very much no-gi MMA, is what I've always seen it as. Charles Oliveira just manhandled Tony Ferguson on the ground. Uh, no one else, I don't think I can remember another time where anyone's done that. I really can't. I cannot remember a time where someone's just went and grapple-fucked the shit out of Tony Ferguson. I know in the Kevin Lee fight, Kevin Lee got him down, mounted him, and caused some issues. And tried to sort of pound on him and punch him. Charles Oliveira mounted him and then proceeded to just lock, just stop him doing any fucking thing he wanted. It, it's just there's just levels to MMA. These guys are both black belts, but it looked like a significant difference in their black belts, to say the least. Uh, Charles Oliveira is is just a, a weapon. He really is like he's. A, it's it's um yeah it's it's a tough one um I've I've watched Charles Oliveira fight for what t I think ten years or something like that and I've always said he's a hell of a talent and he goes through people on the right day like I've seen him destroy people and look like one of the best fighters in the world and I've seen in other fights where he's just been absolutely dismantled it's a real it's a strange one um you know what I mean but. Yeah, to go in there and dominate someone like Tony Ferguson in, in the way he did it, it, with the strategy and the game plan, and just the 
just the technique was just great to watch in its own way. I'm a I'm a big fan of Tony Ferguson. I really am. It was tough to watch him fight Gaethje, being a fan of such a fan of both. In this fight, I was generally rooting for Tony. I wanted him to go in there, win, and then you know take a take a dive at the title. Um, it was hard to watch. It really was. Um, yeah, but uh, Charles Oliveira, fuck me, massive respect to that guy. That guy's a fucking killer on his on his worst day, from what I've seen. I think that puts him on like he might be on like a an eight fight winning streak now, eight fight winning streak, and pretty much most of those are finishes, a lot of submissions in there. So yeah, uh, the big question for me is for these two fighters is what's next. I think the big question we go to start with Tony Ferguson. The big question is. Is he finally on a decline? Now, I I generally don't think... I, in fact, no. I'll say it now. I know for a fact. This loss had nothing to do with the Gaethje loss, in my opinion. It was a totally different style fight, a totally different style opponent in every which way. Um, maybe maybe the, uh, the code has been cracked. I think that's a good way of terming it. I think maybe maybe the code has been cracked for Tony Ferguson. Maybe so. The guy is look. The guy's still an absolute savage. He's a killer. He's one of the fucking craziest people in MMA to say the least. And is he declining, or has Charles Oliveira just hit a serious peak in his career where he's just pretty much put everything together perfect, and now he might be an unstoppable force? I don't know. This is the hard bit. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see. I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's personally, it's just like, what do you do next with Tony Ferguson? He'll be back to fight. He really will. He he, he got out grappled. He got worked on the ground. It is what it is. There was, there was levels in the jiu-jitsu. He didn't get a chance to strike. He just got, he got whitewashed on the ground. There was a couple of 10-8 rounds there, easy. I don't know if anyone else in MMA has ever got a 10-8 round against Tony fucking Ferguson. I can't think of anyone. So, but yeah, what's next for Tony Ferguson? Anyone in that top 10, really. Um, a friend of mine made a good point of winner, winner, win or lose. The winner, obviously, goes on and potentially the winner of these two is going to go on and fight for a title. Whether it be an interim or or maybe a shot at Khabib if he decides to come back. I don't know. Definitely the interim title. So you could have Oliveira versus the winner of Connor and... Poirier would be probably the, the make sense. So yeah, um, Oliveira, I think, fights the winner of Connor and Dustin. Ferguson, maybe Dan Hooker. I think that, that throws that in the mix. Hooker always comes with a fight. He's hard as fuck, tough as fuck, great kickboxer. He'll stand there and he'll bang with Tony. I know for a fact he will. So yeah, that would be uh, that would be my, my big takeaway is just Charles Oliveira is... He's, he's not just a dark horse anymore. That guy's a fucking legit contender and everyone in that division needs to be seriously fucking working on their fucking jiu-jitsu. Seriously working on jiu-jitsu because this guy's not just a fucking jits guy anymore. This guy had great takedowns in this fight. He had um, his stand-up look crisp as, crisp as fuck. This guy, like Charles Oliveira, it's not like he's not had knockout wins in the UFC yet. He's had a couple of good fucking knockout wins. And in this though... Man, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for him. But, uh, yeah, a rejuvenated, um, redefined Charles Oliveira. That guy is the truth. He, he, 
your title contender without trying now. It's got to be him versus the winner of uh, Dustin Connor for me. It's fucking got to be, man. There's no two ways about it. But yeah, uh, moving on though, we'll move on. Uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Werner uh, Jandaroba. Jesus Christ, these two girls went to absolute war with each other. Mackenzie Dern bringing up, coming off with an amazing decision win and an absolute war. This could have been another fight of the night. Uh, this could have been... This could be one of the best fight, female fights this year, in my opinion. Both girls went absolutely at each other. Mackenzie Dern is, is a great fighter. I'm quite a big fan of Mackenzie Dern. Uh, really good jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, has a, has a, a, a disturbing amount of power for, for a straw weight as well when it comes to knockout shots. She can, she can throw an overhand as good as anyone. But yeah, great, great fight, man. Proper back and forth. Both girls ended up bloodied. Yeah, if you get a chance to go watch that fight, go and treat yourself to that one. That was a fucking barn burner. Uh, then we had uh, Kevin Holland knocking out uh, Jack Array in the first round. This this saddened me quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this, this was quite upsetting to watch. What a knockout, though. Um, Jack Array fucking about in Kevin Holland's game, uh, guard. Kevin Holland sort of swung his leg. Almost like a pendulum swing with his leg and just came across with a punch, stunned Jack Array and just dived on him and just murdered him against the cage. It was one of the craziest knockouts I've seen this year by far. I'm not saying it's the best, but definitely one of the most fucking insane finishes of this year without trying. Um, I'm a massive fan of Jack Array. Uh, this fight was a hard one. It, Kevin Holland's won five fights this year. He's fought five, won five. And came away with about, I think he's came away with three bonuses as well. So that's 150 grand he's made this year just off bonuses. Kevin Holland's turned into a fucking serious killer. Like, he was always a guy I watched and thought, yeah, he was all right, he's all right. But he talked a lot and he pissed me off a bit with that. And I always thought, like, oh, fuck this guy. He's another gobshite. You know what? He's backed it up, man. Like, uh... Whoa, who did he beat? He not, with his knockout of uh, Jacqueline Buckley, or Joaquin Buckley, however you pronounce it. Um, his knockout of Buckley was fucking shit up. This knockout was fucking crazy. Um, he wants Hamzat Chimeyev next. Who, who the fuck is it? Everyone should be calling that guy out at the minute. Like He's the big hype train. You beat the hype train and it, it says something about you like it really does. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh very interested to see where he goes next. I think you throw him in. You've got to throw him in that top 15. Well, no, you got to throw him in that top 10 of middleweight now. He's just beat a legit legend in Jack Array. So, yeah, where do you even take your pick, man? Hell, I'll throw out there. No, I'll save that, actually. I'm going to save something. Because I want to talk about something later to do with a certain middleweight. And his name might get mentioned, actually. But yeah, moving on, great, great win for Kevin Holland. Massive achievement this year. Five fights, five wins. He's fought anyone, anytime, which is fucking awesome. So yeah, yeah, pretty fucking cool, to be honest. Um, moving on, though, another another sad one for myself. Oh, this is this sucked. Um, uh, Cyril Gann, who's an absolute fucking destroyer at heavyweight. A kickboxing machine. Um, he knocked out... Junior Santos in the second round. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, got him against the cage, elbow, really smashed him with an elbow in there, dropped Dos Santos, finished him off with strikes on the ground. It looked hell of a fight, actually. Like The first round was good. It was back and forth. Dos Santos was swinging bombs. Uh, Gan was just kicking the fuck out of Dos Santos. Second round, yeah, two minutes in or so, two and a half minutes in, uh, Gan just lands beautiful elbow against the cage, knocks out Dos Santos. It's a shame. Um, I believe that's Junior Dos Santos on, I think it's something like four losses on the belt. Pretty much all finishes as well. I don't know. I think it, I think for me personally, yeah, I think I think they'd be doing Dos Santos a favor cutting him. Um, Junior Dos Santos might be my favorite, might be my favorite heavyweight fighter of all time. If I'm being honest, he might be. Like I'm a massive fan of Dos Santos. I've always been a big fan. Um, the guy's an ex champion, ex heavyweight champion. He's always came to fight. He's fought anyone and everyone at heavyweight. But I think these young guys, these younger fighters, these young up and coming killers, are just that bit much for him at the minute. And you know what? Maybe, maybe it is uh yeah, maybe it is just maybe it is just time. Maybe it is just time for him to to move on. Maybe it is. I don't know, I'm still a massive fan, but I think it's, um, I'll say it now, I think it's the same with Jacare. I think Jacare can hold his own against most middleweights, but he's another older guy, probably like 38. Um, he's another older guy who's probably at that age where it maybe is time to move on to greener pastures. Really is. Maybe go, both these guys, Jacare and Dos Santos, I'd, I wouldn't be mad if they got cut and then moved to Bellator. I wouldn't be mad at that. I think they can prolong the careers out there. They can have um how do I determine there's just there's just more competitive fights for their level. I think the new and up and coming guys at middleweight middleweight's turned into a, a real stacked division. Uh two or five is a stacked division. Well not stacked, but it's got a lot more talent in there. And heavyweight have got you can't be fucking about with these young guys coming up, especially Cyril Gann is a fucking killer. That guy looks like he looks like he's he's been designed on a video game to kick people in the fucking head. He looks he looks genetically designed to just fucking beast people. So yeah, take what you want from that one. If I'm being honest, like, but I think both those guys could it would do him do him some good to move on. It really would. It's, it's not easy for me to say that. I don't like saying that at all. But it is what it is. You've got just got to be honest, haven't you? You've got to be straight about it. Um, but yeah. The prelims, though, fuck me. The prelims were all about it. Uh, we had five prelim fights. We had four finishes. Fuck yes. Um, right, let's start. Fucking Killer Cub Swanson getting a knockout win over Daniel Pineda. What a fucking fight this was. Cub Swanson with a jacked up knee in the first round comes back in the second, pours it on, and gets arguably one of the best knockouts of his career. Daniel Pineda, as well, is one of the biggest featherweights I've ever seen in my fucking life. That guy's back's the width of two of me. He's a fucking big fucking boy. But my God, Cub Swanson took him the fuck out in the second round. I don't know if you have know if you know this, but I'm a big fan of Cub Swanson. I fucking love Cub Swanson. And it has been great. I know he went on, I think it was a three-fight losing streak, came back, beat Cron Gracie in his last fight. Blew his knee out to bits again, just had that repaired then. 
the knee went in this fight in the first round without even without a doubt. But then to rally back, pour it on Daniel Pineda in that second round and got just an unbelievably beautiful finish. Emotional ending for Cub Swanson as well. Emotional post-fight interview mentioning his kids. Now he's a superhero. Chuffed. Generally chuffed. Like this was that you know what I'll say it now. This was the highlight of my night. Like watching Cub win like that and seeing his reaction to it. It was fucking mint. Love Cub Swanson. But yeah. But yeah, great win for Cub. Cub's a guy who's even said he doesn't know. I, I don't I believe he said like he doesn't really know how much longer he's got in got in his career. He is an older guy, still fighting in there at featherweight against these young young guys. Daniel Pineda's like thirty five, don't get me wrong, but he has took on some serious talent at featherweight and you know, he's he's one of the top featherweights in the world still in my opinion. Um but yeah man, what a fucking what a knockout. Great to see Cub get a win. Yeah. Good times man, really enjoyed it. Then we had uh, at lightweight, we had Rafael Faziv versus Renato Moncano. I'll be honest, uh, fuck, like, I thought Moncano, the Moncano, this was his fight. Um, Rafael Faziv is one of the head coaches at Tiger Muay Thai uh, out in Thailand. And I've mentioned this guy a few times on the podcast, watched a few of his fights. He is a fucking unbelievably good fucking striker. Like, unbelievably good. This guy can land like lead head kicks without like a jab. Like you don't, you don't even see him fucking setting it up or anything. It just flies up and cracks you in the chin. But uh, the combo he landed on Moncano, knocking him out in the first round, was fucking beautiful. Um, he ended the combo with a real fucking unbelievably accurate and powerful left hook. Dropped Moncano, flattened him, dived into his guard, and the ref stopped it. And at first, I shouted early stoppage. When Moncano tried to get up, his legs were not there. Like he was gone. He was he was gone. His his senses had been detached. Not mad at the ref at all. I think it was a fucking good stoppage. I think it was a smart move. So yeah, I was happy with that. But what a knockout, man! Uh, Rafael Faziv is a fucking killer at lightweight. Like he is a fucking killer. He's one to watch. Uh, his last fight was fucking great to watch against uh, Mark Dacassi. It was a fucking great, great striking clinic by both guys, but yeah, Rafael Faziv is a fucking problem at lightweight, to say the least. He's going to get a big fight next, I'm telling you now. Like, Renato Moncano is no joke. Moncano is a fucking legit fighter in the UFC. He's a legit featherweight. He's a legit lightweight. He's well-rounded, great submissions, good striking, good kickboxing. And Faziv slept him, like put him out. Uh, Rafael Faziv is is a terrifying force to watch at lightweight at the moment. Really keep an eye on that guy. He's gonna fucking he's gonna kill a few people coming up in the rankings in the next year or so. But yeah, um, then we had a fight at featherweight between uh, Gavin Tucker and uh, Billy Q. Um, Gavin Tucker's looked fucking great in his last couple of fights, and especially in this one, Billy Q looked looked lacklustered after the first round. Billy Q is renowned for his cardio and work rate. He's not the most technical guy. He's not this stand-up technician kickboxer. But he goes 100 mile an hour and breaks people with pace and cardio. He broke himself after the first round in this fight. I know he had a botched weight cut. I think he missed weight by a pound or two. Which I didn't actually know about until the night. I didn't didn't really watch the weigh-ins to be honest. But 
man, like, yeah, it was not good for Billy Q in this fight. Like, but Gavin Tucker is a fucking beast. He poured it on him. I grappled him. I struck him. Yeah, great win for Gavin Tucker. Really good fucking win for him. Like, well done on him. Billy Q needs to go back and have some serious thoughts. Uh, seriously, uh, think about weight cutting better and and such like. We'll leave it at that, though. That, that's as good as I can go with. But, uh, yeah, uh, Tisha Torres um, got a great win against Sam Hughes. Uh, speed kills, ladies and gentlemen. Tisha Torres just went 100 mile an hour at Sam Hughes. Combo for combo, just out, out sped her, just way, way too quick for her, way too in and out. Land some great shots. Land one, throw five. Like, um, the fight was ended after the first round after Sam Hughes admitted she couldn't see out of her right eye, I believe. No, left eye, sorry. So, great win for Tisha Torres, though. Um, then we had opening fight of the night was Chase Hooper um, versus uh, Peter Barrett. Beautiful Iminari-style roll into the leg lock for Chase Hooper. Getting a great submission win. This guy's only like 19 or something like that, or 20 or something some crazy like that, man. He's got great jiu-jitsu, no doubt about it. Very, very good jiu-jitsu. Um, that's the only place I've seen him shine at, shall we say. Uh, he's 2-1 in the UFC this year. Had a great submission win at the start of the year. Then Alex Karalexis beat the shit out of him over three rounds. Then he comes in and subs out Peter Barrett in uh, round three. With a beautiful Imanari style roll into a leg lock. It was good, man. It was good. I only saw the finish from this fight. I, I didn't actually watch the whole fight, but Chase Hooper's a nice kid, man. He's, he's like a proper nice guy in all his interviews and stuff like that. And I've watched a few bits and pieces on him. He's got a good sense of humour. Nice kid. Yeah, he's but he's young. And I do think, I, I just think, I still have this feeling he's just a bit too young for the UFC. I think he needs to be out there fighting in uh, Legacy, like LFA. Um you know, um, Titan FC, he needs to be fighting in these smaller organisations, putting some solid wins, getting some experience before he starts, uh, jumping about in the UFC with some of these fucking bigger, stronger, nastier guys, but, but yeah, um, fucking unbelievably good card, man, like, so much to take away from this, where to start, like, the big takeaways for me, all those big takeaways this week, so, Figueredo versus Marino might be fight of the year. They're going, they need a rematch right away. Get healed up, get side, have some rest. Right back at it. Let's see that. Let's see another five rounds of that again. I'll fucking pay money for that. Tony Ferguson, where next? Is he on a decline? As as the code being cracked, or is Charles Oliveira just arguably the best lightweight in that division at the moment? Who knows? But I think Oliveira versus. Connor uh, or Dustin next, without a doubt. Ferguson, let's see him fight um, Dan Hooker. Um, the big takeaways were Souza, Ronaldo, Jacare Souza, and Junior Dos Santos. I think it's time to leave the UFC and go have some, uh, not easier, but lighter competition, so to speak. Cub Swanson, great to see him get a win. Still happy about that. Rafael Fazeev may kill half the lightweight division in the next year. R.I.P. Um, and Chase Hooper, still too young for the UFC, and I worry about him. I really do. I worry if he's just going to get smashed about and fuck his career. But I don't know. Who knows? But 
on the whole of things though, like what a fucking card. What what a card. Like great finishes, great fights. Um yeah, a lot of things to take away from it. Let me know what you think. Uh message me, comment on my fucking Instagram, do what you want, give me some shit, I don't really mind. Uh but yeah, great card overall, really great card. The next subject is is more of a rant than anything else, I'm not going to lie, it's me having a little rant, um, the subject is quite simple, boxing, obviously this weekend we had uh, Anthony Joshua versus uh, Pulev, I believe his name is, a lot of people kept asking me, um, you know, oh, what do you think of the boxing this weekend, are uh, you watching the boxing, and I was instantly just like, oh, I'm not bothered, and people were like, why, why don't, you know, you do a combat sports podcast, but you don't really follow boxing, it's more MMA. I follow MMA. I like kickboxing. Boxing bores the shit out of me. I just don't get excited for it. I just don't get excited watching it. Um, let's, let me get one thing very fucking clear, though. It's not like I don't respect it. I have a lot of respect for boxers. I have a lot of respect for the art. I have a lot of respect for the sport in, in, its, own, in its own right. I don't... Ha- Where to start? So... It just bores me. I get bored of it. It's very... For me, watching it, it's a very specific set of rules where you can only punch, which I think you've got some incredible boxers out there with some incredible skill sets, whether it be Lomachenko, Triple G, Canelo Alvarez. And I love a lot of the old-school boxing. Like, you've got to mention things like uh, Gatti versus Ward. Those fights were fucking unbelievable. Incredible fights. They were general fights. Um, I'm all about it, don't get me wrong, massive fan of all that, Monday boxing just doesn't do anything for me in a lot of ways, and I think it's more the the culture of, there are too many belts, for one, you don't know, there are too many belts, none of them want to fight each other, for example, you've got Tyson Fury calls out everyone under the sun, and wants, he, all credit to him, he's fought Wilder, he wants to fight Joshua, Joshua doesn't blatantly doesn't want to fight him, um, you've got Joshua, Fury, and Wilder are pretty much the three top dogs at heavyweight, and Wilder and uh, Fury I think it's bullshit. Eh? I think if you if you're if you're out to be the best in the world, fight the best in the fucking world. Don't just hold on to a belt each, a lot of made up belts that make no fucking sense to me. Hey, maybe I'm just I'll say it now. I'm probably uneducated in in the organization side of it, but. Why have you got so many fucking belts? Like you've got like a belt, like four belts per fucking weight class, so everyone can be a fucking champion. No, like who the fuck's the best? Who's the best? Fight the fucking best. Like it's, I just it just bores the shit out of me, man. And I get fucked off. I get really fucked off when people talk about uh, Anthony Joshua, for example, or oh, oh, greatest fighter in the world. He's fucking not though, is he? Like, oh, all right, let's make it fair. We'll, we'll make a fair analogy or a fair um, theory. Just stand up in a ring and you put Anthony Joshua against Rico Van Hooven. If you don't know who Rico Van Hooven is, he's the glory heavyweight kickboxing champion. Right. Take away the grappling aspects of it. It's a fight. It's a stand-up fight. Stand-up fight. Right. Anything goes, stand-up fight. No headbutts, no eye gouges, blah, blah, blah. All that shit. No dick kicks. Rico Van Hooven murders Anthony Joshua in a stand-up fight. 
Why? Because you can kick him, you can elbow him, you can knee him. Just being a boxer doesn't make you the greatest fighter in the fucking world. I'll tell you now, you, you give me a fucking high-level boxer and whack him against a decent blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Being the best boxer in the world does not make you the best fighter in the world. It makes you very good at one aspect of fighting. Um, yeah, like I say, it just... It bores me. Like when I watch boxing, I just think this is it's such a a dynamic, such a linear rule set, such a very set rule set for fighting. Um, yeah, it just bores me, man. You got all these belts. It makes no fucking. I'd, maybe I just can't get my head around it. Maybe someone needs to actually. I'd, I'd love someone who's banging the boxing to come on the show and actually talk to box talk boxing with me. I'd love it. Like I'd actually love to hear about it. Um, yeah, another thing, padded records, they've all got padded fucking records, all these great heavyweight boxers who are all 20 and all and this, that and the other, they're all fighting guys who are journeymen, guys who work a nine to five, train at the night time, then go and fight boxing at the weekend, a lot of them, that, that's what I've always took a lot of the, excuse me, a lot of the records as, it just does, it doesn't impress me in the fucking slightest, it really doesn't, um, yeah, there's a, there's a well-known saying from years ago in MMA where records are for DJs. And it's right. You take the UFC, for example, you do, you do not get to pick your fucking fights. Like, you really fucking don't. Like, if you're if you're climbing that top 10, you have got to fight killers. You have got to fight legit fucking fighters. You have got to fight some serious fucking talent to get to a title shot. You do not, you don't fight some fucking unranked guy who's, fucking 10 and 10 you don't get that fucking choice yeah but yeah i'll tell you now the and whether it's anthony joshua i'm a big fan of fury i like fury uh whether you're wilder joshua fury triple g canelo it, it makes no shit difference they're the best boxers in the world but they are not the best fighters in the world by any fucking means any one of them get the legs kicked off them by a kickboxer, get a limb ripped off by a jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, a, an average rounded MMA fighter will smash any of these guys in MMA. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll play a devil's advocate now. I can give you two examples of when boxers crossed over to MMA or kickboxing and did well. Shannon Briggs had a really good win in K1 despite being pasted about and having his legs dismantled. And Ray Mercer knocked out Tim Sylvia in MMA, who's a former UFC champion. There you go. I'll throw them out now before someone else does. I'll play devil's advocate. But they're the only two examples I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I'll give you a prime example of that where, when keeping it real goes fucking wrong. Uh, James Tony versus Randy Couture. James Tony bothered Dana White forever, wanted to fight in the UFC. They gave him his wish. They gave him a fight against a 40-something-year-old Randy Couture who wrestle-fucked the fuck out of him, didn't land a punch, wrestled him to the ground, arm-triangled him into oblivion. Good night, God bless, done and dusted. Simple as fuck. It was that fucking plain. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my thing about, like, look, I respect boxing as an art, as a form. Boxing is a huge part of MMA. 
and kickboxing for that matter. You know what I mean? Like the art of using the hands in, in combat. Respect it, of course I do. I respect boxers. I really do. I respect the art. I respect what they do. But as a sport, it bores me. And people need to stop getting on my back and telling me that fucking Anthony Joshua is the greatest fighter in the world. No. None of those boys are the greatest fighters in the world. They're the greatest boxers in the world. Get it right. But yeah, that's my little rant on boxing today. Look, like I say, I can't express it enough. I respect them. I respect them as athletes. I respect them as fighters. I respect them as boxers. But as a sport, it's boring for me personally. And people need to stop saying that these guys are the greatest fighters in the world. They're not. Like any one of them goes into a kickboxing match to get fucking dismantled, murdered and destroyed. Never mind an MMA fight with a guy with average wrestling who will ground and pound the fuck through them. So I'm just saying, I know I'm one-sided with this, but it is what it is. But yeah, there you go. There's my little rant on boxing today. Yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> now I've got that out of my system. We'll move on. Uh, we've got... big question for me uh, is, after watching uh, last weekend, uh, Martin Vittori versus Jack Manson, I've been thinking, what's next for Darren Till? Two options for me. Um, I mentioned this earlier and sort of dodged it. I swerved around it because I was going to talk about it a bit preemptively. Uh, I love Darren Till. Darren Till is a gift that keeps on giving. He's one of the... Greatest thing that's, that's ever happened to the internet, especially Instagram. He's a fucking absolute weapon as well. He's a killer, amazing kickboxer. And he's really fucking, he's going to make waves at middleweight, I think. He's had a great win against Gaslam at middleweight. He had a great fucking war with Robert Whitaker at middleweight. Yeah, there's two options for me. And it's already started with uh, Vittori. He's already had a little back and forth with Vittori. I think it's, Vittori made a great point. Um, let's have a fight to see who's the best in Europe. I was like, yeah, that's a fucking mint idea. Let's have Vittori versus Till. I'm happy with that. My other option now, I'd like to see him fight Kevin Holland there. I think that's a good fight for Holland to jump up there. I think it's a good, rate, good decent fight for Till as well. Um, they're my two options. I can't wait to see Darren Till back in back in the uh, octagon. Obviously, he got injured uh, before the Jack Manson fight, which is a massive shame. But, but. I think, um, yeah, either one of those fights is great. Um, Rumour is that Whitaker's fighting Paulo Costa in the new year, so that puts them two out of the, out the equation. Uh, well, Costa would have been a good fight for Till as well, I think. Technically, I think it would have been a really good fight. Uh, but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I like the idea of Vittori versus Till, and I like the idea of Kevin Holland jumping up into some serious competition against Till as well. So, yeah. That's my two options, but yeah, Darren Till though on the whole of things is a gift that keeps on giving. If you don't follow him on social media, go and treat yourself. I swear to God, the man is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, go and follow him on, on social media. He, he does not fail to entertain, especially through the first big lockdown this year. His social media was fucking golden. It was amazing. It was absolutely hilarious. But yeah, so let's... um. I'm just going to finish this week's show off talking a little bit about next weekend's card, which is looking spectacular, to be honest. For an end of year card, we've, sadly the main event's out of it, which is a real shame. Real shame the main event fell through, but on the whole of things, 
it's a fucking good card, like very good card. Uh, we're seeing the return of Jeff Neal versus uh, top welterweight, very top welterweight contender, ex-contender Stephen Thompson. That's a great fight. Jeff Neal's underrated as fuck. Like that guy is a serious threat at welterweight, and I think this is a great jump up in competition for him to be fighting Thompson. Stephen Thompson is a fucking enigma to a lot of people. Um, Thompson's coming off a great win over Vincente Luque. Jeff Neal coming off a great knockout win over Mike Perry. Oof, it's a good fight. Like, I, I am proper good that Leon Edwards isn't fighting Hamzat Shemaev. That fight, there's no news on whether they're um, moving that fight, whether they're rearranging it or Hamzat's going to get a new opponent. There's nothing been announced or fuck all to do with it, so... We will see. We'll see what happens with that. I think everyone wants to see Hamzat fight again. Everyone wants to see how he does against an elite opponent. Leon Edwards was that elite opponent, believe me. But then we've got we have got the co-main event is Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera. I like that fight. Um, Jose is coming off a very disappointing loss to Petri Jan. I was gutted about that. Marlon Vera um, coming off a great win over that fucking gobshite that is uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. A um, lot of hype to, behind Marlon Vera now. A lot of fucking recognition he got off his last fight. Josie Aldo, MMA legend, former featherweight champion. One of the, arguably one of the best featherweights of all time. One of the greatest fighters of all time, in my opinion. Uh, that's an interesting fight, man. Very interesting bantamweight fight. Very interesting. Um... Both really good kickers, both good strikers. Both decent on the ground as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good fight. Then after that, we've got uh, Michelle Pereira versus uh, Chaos Williams. That's an interesting fight as well. Um, Michelle Pereira is some flashy fucker. Like, he is one flashy, flashy dude. Um, and Chaos Williams has just looked like an absolute killer in his last fight. Um, yeah, really good fight, that. Then we've got Marlon Moraes. I still say Marlon Moraes might be the best bantamweight on the right night in, in, in that division. He's fighting um, UFC mainstay Rob Font. Very good fight again. Very, very fucking good fight. Very interesting. Rob Font's underrated. Marlon Moraes, a lot of people say he's overrated. I don't. I think that guy is a fucking killer. Uh, but Rob Font's underrated, man. He, that guy comes to scrap with anyone, anytime. He will fight anyone. Uh, great fight of heavyweight as well. Uh, Marcin Tabura versus Greg Hardy. I think that's a great fight. Greg Hardy's a cunt, by the way. Oops, sorry. Greg Hardy's a horrible human. Shouldn't say that word on, on this show. But either way, uh, Marcin Tabura versus Greg Hardy is a good fight. Gillian Robertson versus uh, Taylor Santos. Tyler Santos, sorry. Great fight as well. Gillian Robertson is fucking legit. Like, she does not get enough credit. Great ground game. Solid fighter, great fucking pace, yeah, very underrated girl that they are in, in the flyweight division, very underrated. Then we've got our welterweight, we've got Anthony Pettis versus Alex Morono. <sighs> yeah, Alex Pettis, uh, Anthony Pettis, sorry, is another guy who's been very up and down in the last couple of years, very win-loss. Alex Morono has looked fucking tough as fuck in a handful of his fights. Like that's an interesting sort of old school, new school sort of feel to that fight. I, I like it. I really do. 
Um, it's good that it's at welterweight as well. I like it. I like that fight at welterweight for Pettis. Alex Morono as well is not a big welterweight either, so that's good. Um, headlining the prelims though, Bilal, remember the name, Mohamed versus Diego Lima. I like that fight. I think that fight's scrappy as fuck. Bilal Mohamed always comes to fight, always comes to scrap. Diego Lima is Douglas Lima. Um, he's Douglas Lima's brother, who's the um, current Bellator welterweight champion and arguably one of the, arguably maybe the best welterweight in the world. Maybe just behind Cameron Usman, but yeah, Diego Lima's good man. He's uh, when he's on, when he doesn't get backed up. Diego Lima has a bad habit of getting backed up against the cage and finished. Bilal Mohamed will do that to him. Bilal Mohamed moves forward and fucking fights. He he will fight anyone. He's a very, very fucking cool fighter to watch. Uh, we've got uh, Cesara Eubanks. She's fighting on that card. Carl Robertson. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, up-and-coming guys on the bottom end of the prelims, but this whole card just, uh, just screams banger. Like... I'm really excited, really excited for next week's end of year card. Um, yeah, really excited for this whole card. There's a lot of things, a lot of implications behind it. A lot of guys trying to get back in the win column. Um, yeah, a lot of new versus old on it as well, which I really enjoy. I mean, you've got like Jeff Neal versus Thompson, Aldo versus Vera, uh, Marais versus Font. Uh, Tabura versus Hardy, Pettis versus Morono, they're all sort of new versus old school, new school, old school sort of fights. Love it. Absolutely love the idea of that. But yeah, but yeah, guys, I'm going to round it off there. It has been an absolute pleasure, as always. Um, I really hope everyone's keeping okay. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you, every, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you if you listen every week. Really appreciate it. Remember, if you miss a show, get yourself on Spotify, iTunes, or Pocket Casts. Um, go re-listen to the shows. Uh, yeah, go like it. Like all the social media stuff. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, might set up a Twitter at some point, if I can be bothered. Yeah, I probably will. Fuck it. it means I can give some people some stick. Uh, besides from that, yeah, guys, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you have a great week. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, take care of each other. Look after yourselves. And I'll see you next week, guys. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.